Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast, Steve and Justin live from Mannheim, PA, twinning today. What's going on, J-Dub? Man, we're twinsies today. No, man. We didn't even try it, but hey, it was it was Men of Iron hoodie day, I yeah. guess. Yeah, well, and then also I've been trying to look more and more like you with this beard and, <laughs> and my hair comb over like this. Is that what it is, man? That beard's looking good, though. You're sporting it well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the silver fox is coming down below to the chin. Silver fox is alive and well, filling in for the Garrett Nathan Barbush today. It's exciting to have you as my co-host. Hey, it's an honor. Yeah, man. Episode 14 is brought to you by One Life Institute. One Life is a nine-month Christian gap year program for students who want to grow in their faith and earn college credits so go to onelifepath.org for more info. So let's introduce our special guest for episode 14. Aubrey McGowan is a pastor, speaker, and author of two books, Mastering the Art of Trust and a Legacy of Scripture, Passing Down a Bible Journal to Your Child. He, he and his wife, Jen, co-founded Family Field Guide in 2016 to help parents grow more confident in the spiritual leadership of their homes and to equip families to thrive in God's Word together. They live in Nashville with their four kids, Aubrey's life goal is to be born like Jesus and MacGyver. Welcome to the show, Aubrey. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited for a chance to have a conversation with you. Man, it's excited. Jesus and MacGyver, what do you think, J-Dub? That's awesome. Man, that is the Dude, way to go. I mean, I feel like if I, could be, if I could do that, then I've got all the bases covered, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus pretty much was MacGyver, though. He well, could do anything. Yeah, right. It, it, he was the precursor, you know, the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> so we're excited to have you all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. You can hear that, you know, Tennessee accent going on. It's, it's a lot cooler than our uh-huh. Lancaster yeah, County accent. Yeah, it can't, I can't hide it, man. It's too, been here too. <laughs> long <laughs> that's awesome man well thanks again for being on the show today we're going to start it off with take five you ready to sweat a little man this is, is this like the hot seat I've this is the hot seat man this is the hot seat yeah we, we, we get people uh sweating and, and all nervous <laughs> about this so here it comes take five you ready all right let's do it so i know you're from nashville but when i looked you up on facebook it said hendersonville tennessee is that correct that's correct is man. that your address hendersonville yeah, uh, do you need my whole address? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not on air. And, uh, <laughs> Facebook creeper right here. Watch out. Right. So so my first question was, what is there to do in Hendersonville, Tennessee? Uh, obviously, Nashville is probably the thing to do in Hendersonville, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you come to Hendersonville, one, you got to uh, eat some barbecue for sure. Mm, uh, here in that. Tennessee, it's, it's pork barbecue. Um, so you got to eat some barbecue and then... You know, it's the city by the lake, so it actually, Hendersonville is comprised of two peninsulas, and there's lots of lake water to get out on. Um, lots of historical things, both Civil War and uh, on from there. So lots of stuff to do here in Hendersonville. And awesome. then uh, and then also, um, you can come to church, too, man. So <laughs> <laughs> you, had Justin, you had Justin at barbecue, so we'll be down yeah. shortly. Lots of churches here on every corner in, in Hendersonville. So Yeah, that's much like Lancaster, man. Churches on every corner. So yeah. question number two for take five is name a mentor who has influenced the man you are today. Yeah, I have to say my pastor and longtime friend, John McKenzie, who is uh, was is the lead pastor at Hope Fellowship in Frisco, Texas, where I was on staff. But he was also my youth pastor growing up. 
and just a highly influential guy in my life. Spent a lot of time when I was younger investing in me and uh, had some really good uh, iron sharpens iron, honest conversations with me that have paid off in, in huge dividends over the years. And I, I definitely appreciate that relationship. That's awesome. We, so we know we did some digging, much like, you know, finding out your address. We, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we know you're a musician. We know you love music and love to sing, um, which is pretty cool. And so we wanted to know who is your favorite artist or musician of all time? Oh, man, that's tough. I think of all time, I'd have to go way back to uh, there was a band back in the day, a worship band called Delirious. Martin yes. Smith. Martin Smith, uh, as a songwriter and as a worship leader, was a huge, huge influence on my life in, in my younger days as well as even to now. So him and uh, and anything from, you know, 60s folk, that was kind of like <laughs> my <Nice>. jam. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, Justin seemed to like that Delirious yeah. reference, man. He yeah. got a little excited over here. Hey, um, I did it. I didn't say this earlier, but I've been playing the the first uh, the alphabet song for your from your family, uh, a friend loves at all times. Yeah, I've been learning that verse hard all morning. <laughs> it's stuck in my head. Is he's that gonna be playing, he's gonna be playing for his Steve? kids? Is, like, is that because you're sitting beside Steve over here and you're like, listen, <laughs> a friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. <laughs> he's got to keep repeating it to himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number four for take five is, what is one of your favorite childhood memories? Oh, man, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. I think probably going to um, – man, that's, that's hard. I'm sorry I'm having <laughs> trouble with that. You put me on the seat. I'm sweating now. <laughs> uh, um. I really loved going to like a church camp when I was a kid. I remember my wife, who is my wife now, um, she wasn't at the time. We were young, <laughs> too young. But uh, she did uh, say yes to go with me to the last night of camp like banquet thing. And it was really a foreshadowing of what was to come. So that's, <laughs> that's maybe one of my favorite childhood memories. You know, back in children's church, we I used to like I did the whole even at like ten years old, I was like bold enough to do the whole like arm around her, oh. you know, like oh. like you're yawning, you know, oh, you know, oh, stretch man. your arm around, you know, that was that was really the I, I felt like a man in that moment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a favorite childhood memory. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Love it, man. It, it is a great question though. It's fun looking back and picking out those childhood memories. So yeah. the last question for take five is what is a family tradition you've established with your kids? Oh man, that's, that's a good one. Um, every December or, or in the Advent season, we stole this from another family of ours. We actually do a, a kindness Advent and it's mm -hmm. a tradition where we're trying to take our focus off of what do we get at Christmas, helping our kids to learn tangible ways to care for people and to love them. So we do an act of kindness each day, and sometimes it's as simple as um, knocking on our neighbor's door and giving them a card, a handmade card, or sometimes it's taking Starbucks to the people at the tree lots who are freezing their butts <laughs> off selling Christmas trees, um, or, or all kinds of things that we'll do. And it's really become a, a tradition that our kids actually really look forward to, and they, they help collaborate with us to pick what days are going to be where and 
it's neat to see them get excited about it. We've been doing it for about five years now. That's awesome. Wow. That's really great. That's awesome. Well, you survived a hot seat, man. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me stretch it out here. <laughs> you, need, you need a break? You need a breather? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I go get a drink of water? <laughs> oh, awesome. man. So, Aubrey, we'd love to just kind of hear your personal testimony, your faith journey, um, what God's you know, done in your life and what he's continuing to do in your life. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that opportunity. I, I, I think my journey has really been defined uh, as God, me learning to see God as my Father, and um, also to see Him and to receive Him as my Father in uh, the way that He, in His perspective, uh, from from His definition of what fatherhood is, not what my experience of fatherhood was, hmm. and so. When I was, uh, I've always gone to church. I've always been, had a real bent towards um, the Lord. I remember even at a young age singing songs, uh, five and six years old, um, and just, you know, feeling God's presence and, and mm. knowing that He was there. Um, when I was four and a half, my dad passed away uh, mm. in a plane crash, uh, he and my uncle and two other men. And uh, it, was a, it was something that I wasn't really aware of. Um, because I was so young, uh, my family around me was really rallied together and supported us. And I, I didn't really know the effects of it, honestly, until many, many years later. Um, and I've never, I, I just began to wrestle with it probably 10 years ago, you know? So, um, but growing up, I, my mom married uh, a man who was my stepdad, who still is my stepdad. Um, who was kind of a polar opposite from my biological dad. And he was um, a mili- ex-military guy um, and very controlling, very uh, manipulative. Um, and it was, a, it was a tough few years growing up. And instead of, though, moving away from the Lord, there were men in my life like Pastor John, who I mentioned, and many others, uh, Rick Steimling, who you guys uh, know a little of, those guys really drew me into ministry, into the church, and the Lord, in His mercy, just kept me close um, and kept me on His pathways. And um, I just, I think my high school years were full of mistakes, obviously, and all that. But in general, I, I didn't fall away. I actually just dug in deeper and deeper with Him. And received healing and restoration and, and fathering where I didn't have that at home. Hmm. Um, and he helped me uh, through my younger adult years to grow in confidence because that was one of the things that was the effect of my stepdad's and my relationship with him is that he was very verbally abusive always tearing you down, always cutting you down. Very rarely would he say he was proud of you or anything like that. And so in my 20s, I really dealt with a lack of confidence. And I struggled to rebuild that and rebuild an identity that wasn't based around who I'm not, but based around who I am in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so my 20s were really filled with God reassuring and bringing my confidence back giving me experience as a leader, uh, both in the church and in our community. And I learned a lot of tough lessons. I was a free spirit artist type guy, you know? <laughs> so in many ways, I've looked back and seen how 
even though my stepdad's meth message wasn't great or methods weren't great, his message was actually God used that to sharpen me into the man that I am today. So, and I'm grateful that my stepdad and I's relationship has uh, reconciled and we have uh, had some great conversations, some tough conversations, but some wonderful conversations where our relationship has been restored in that way. So that's a, a great testimony as well. Amen. Um, and then uh, my wife as well has been a great help. She actually is the one. So when we were growing up, we didn't really know how to ask my mom about uh, questions about my dad. Um, so I've actually learned so much more about my dad and about my own history and my own legacy, his legacy in me from my wife <laughs> uh, because she was bold enough to ask questions of my mom. And then I'm like, she's like, did you know this about your dad? And I'm like, no, I didn't. She's like, why didn't you know this? I'm like, I didn't ask, you know, I didn't. Wow. and she's cool. like, so that was a, a huge blessing to know that, uh, it turns out I, I took the path of being a worship leader and eventually a worship pastor. And, um, and then now since I've, uh, that was in Texas, and now that I've been back in Tennessee, I've taken an entrepreneurial path, and it turns out that those were the things that were that were the paths that my father was following. He was a worship leader and a choir director and a mm. teacher, and as well as he was a serial entrepreneur back in <laughs> the uh, late 70s, early 1980s. Um, so my testimony is really me discovering and leaning into God as my father. And now that I am a father, that is just like exploding uh, with clarity and with with vivid depth of just understanding what it means for God to be a father that is truly loving, that is truly uh, willing to confront me with hard and difficult truth, but is also willing to embrace me as who I am and to release me with great boldness and confidence into the ministry he has given me and the calling he's given me. And, and now my thirties, I'm 38 now. And uh, in my thirties, God has just, I feel like he's been building that steam in the confidence in walking in humility, but walking in boldness uh, for spreading and sharing the gospel and the hope of Jesus. So, Wow, that's phenomenal, man. That's incredible. Man, let's, yeah. let's close in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Man. Yeah, Aubrey, I mean, I think that kind of leads into what you guys are doing now, and I'd love to hear, you know, just tell, yeah, what does ministry look like for you guys? I know a big theme of what you're doing, and a, and a lot of the things that you've been doing has been leaving a legacy, and, and, and that, yeah, so just tell us about what you guys are up to, you know, the family field guide, where did that come from, where that start, how is that going? Uh, and I think, right, the, the, the become confident in the spiritual leadership of your home, and yeah, yeah just tell us about what you're doing. Yeah, man. So I, I really, uh, it probably began before 2016, but in 2014, we left a ministry position, kind of a dream job in ministry to move back to Tennessee. Uh, that's where my wife and I are, were raised um, to really, we didn't have a job. We didn't, we just knew it was what we were supposed to do uh, because what we had clarified in the years leading up to our move in 2014 was that the culture of our home and how we wanted to lead our family was different than the trajectory we were on. And so we made a leap and really our passion was 
man, we've got these very few short years with our, our kids. And it is the greatest calling of our life to steward and lead these hearts toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, they make the decision to follow Jesus or not. Uh, it has to be their decision. But we want to take heart and take the upon ourselves like the weight of this responsibility, mm-hmm. not in a overbearing like this is our job and leaving Jesus out of it, but just understanding the weight of the calling that God has given us and leaning into it versus the temptation to just pursue our own ambitions or to try to make a lot of money and and provide things for our kids instead of creating a culture in our home that shapes an identity in Christ that is rock solid that carries them through the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions we asked was, how do we prepare our kids for the world that they're going to live in? Because we know the world that we lived in and grew up in, right? But the world will change and it will be different. How do we prepare our kids for things that we don't even know are coming? Mm -hmm. And the base foundational answer of that is that we have to introduce them to something that is unchanging. Sorry, guys. We have to introduce them to something that is unchanging and that no matter what changes in the world around us, no matter what culture does, whatever shapes, whatever decisions happen, whatever persecution comes, what will be unchanging? And the word tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And the word became flesh, and and that is Uh Jesus, right? So we want to shape the culture of our home around things that will not pass away, around God's word. And that... Learning how to do that and then also talking to others about doing that kind of began to stir in us. Man, we're talking to a lot of people who desire this, but they don't know how to move forward in that. They don't feel confident in opening up the Bible with their kids. They feel ashamed or they feel like they have a lack of knowledge or they're they're it, really it's fear that comes in our hearts. And I get it too. Sometimes I read a scripture and I'm like, I have no idea what, that, <laughs> what the implications of that are. But our hope is one to help parents understand that, man, there is power in the word of God. Mm-hmm. The word of God is living and active. We've got to release the word of God into our homes. We've got to release the power of God's word and take the pressure off ourselves to be Bible scholars Yes, it's important that we all continue to grow in our knowledge of the Word, that through the Holy Spirit, He deepens our understanding of the Scripture. But we can't wait until we have it all figured out, quote-unquote, right? Until we start teaching our kids Scripture. We just have to start releasing through our mouths, speaking the Word, reading aloud the Word of God in our homes, and allowing the power of the Word itself to, to plant seeds deeply in our kids' lives. And so that's step number one is getting our, our getting families to engage in God's word. And then step number two would be to help our kids begin to learn and grow in memorizing and understanding God's word too. Uh. Um, and I, I, I kind of passed this up, but one of the big things that helped us to make the leap of faith to launch Family Field Guide in 2016 was the story of my dad's Bible. Um, So I I said before that my dad died when I was four and a half. I don't know his voice. Uh, I don't, we don't have any recordings of him. So 
Hmm. So, and it's when I think back on it, I'm like, man, I wish I could just hear his voice, hear the sound of his voice, you know, hear what he sounded like. Um, I've been told in the past that I walk like him or that (laughs) I talk like him or my mannerisms are like his, but I I just want to know his voice. And yet, um, over the years, one of our most treasured possessions has been his Bible. And it's an old King James Thompson chain (laughs) reference, you know, (laughs) you know, light bathroom reading. So this is like the study Bible that, uh, uh, that was the, the big time study Bible back in the day. Mm -hmm. And guys, I'm telling you, I want to brag on my dad for a moment. Like there is not a page in this Bible that isn't covered with notes Mm. and cross references. And um, his handwriting is terrible like mine, but it's (laughs) it's just, but it's a beautiful picture of what the state of his soul and the state of his heart and where his focus was. And what I've seen and what I have gleaned from this is that, the words of my father, even though he passed away over 30 years ago, like the words of my father are still resonating in my life. Mm, mm, and powerful. it's powerful. It's a powerful reminder to me and to you and to all you guys listening that your words create a legacy and an identity in your children for years to come. Even, mm-hmm. even if you pass away, my father, I don't know him. I've never I don't remember a hug from him, I don't, but his words are still passing down a legacy and they're affecting the legacy I'm passing down to my children. So don't underestimate the power of your words as a father. And so what it inspired me to do was to create a Bible journal for my kids. So I'm, I'm through with one for my oldest and, and the next one for my uh, next oldest. And I have one more son, at least uh, as of right now, <laughs> to to do one for. And my wife is doing one for our daughter. Hmm. And I wrote a little guide called A Legacy of Scripture, Passing Down a Bible Journal to Your Child. And that was really just to help people get past this intimidation factor of, well, that sounds like a great idea, but how do I do that? <laughs> so it's part sharing my story and then part a practical guide for how to do this. And the real bait and switch here, though, with the Bible journal is that uh, it's a Bible journal to pass down to your children, but it's really a way for you to be motivated to get into God's Word on a regular basis. Um, Because my one of the things that I say in the book is that uh, a legacy of Scripture without a legacy of biblical living is 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 man, you're just hamstringing it. It's Mm. not as powerful as it could be, Mm. Um, Mm. because your life lived in the Word. Your life being dictated and, and, and formed and surrendered to God's words, like that's the most powerful thing you can do mm-hmm. to leave a legacy for your kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, man. That's phenomenal. I know when I, when I first kind of heard about Aubrey and we connected, I was probably six months ago when you connected with Men of Iron, maybe a year ago, and just kind of going through that resource, that legacy of Scripture, and just thinking about what that looks like, you know, for myself and my daughter and, and future kids. And, and I feel like since then, since, you know, reading that resource that Aubrey has, going through the Bible and, and you know, writing notes in the, in the margins has taken on a whole new life for me. So it's a phenomenal thing, Aubrey, and I thank mm. you for that. Wow, that's awesome, man. And I would encourage your guys too, man. I mean, just start. You know, that's the biggest thing. Just start somewhere. Even if it's you go to church and you you write while you're while he's doing the sermon, or uh, you 
just pick it up and do a couple verses. It doesn't have to be a, a major, it just needs to be consistent, you know, a commitment to God's word. Mm. So good. Man, yeah, it makes me think of, you know, Deuteronomy when, when the encouragement is to continue to pass on the stories and the legacies and the, and the testimony yes. of what God did. Walk yes. as you as you go, walk and tell your children, put it on the doorpost, put it on your forehead, bring yes. it with you. I mean, that is... Write like, it on your hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it, man. And I think that's that's the power of it, though, is that our our generation, maybe in past generations, has been, hey, take your kids to church to be discipled. Mm-hmm. And man, that's just not the biblical way. Yeah. The biblical way is that yeah. discipleship was was done in the home, and the community of faith was a huge support in that. But as fathers, man, we have been given by God a leadership role in our homes to bring mm-hmm. uh, to to disciple our kids. And you know what? He is equipping you. It's not, it's, you, you feel intimidated like, I don't even know God that well. I don't know if I can teach my kids. Hey, strength along the way, right? Mm-hmm. It just takes a step and God gives you strength along the way. And, and two, the last thing I, I feel like I just need to say on this is that one of our big things with Family Field Guide is, and the motivators behind it is that our spoken priorities and our lived priorities would align. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to talk about how important Jesus is in our home. But is that actually lived out in our lives? Is Jesus a priority in our conversations, in our time, the time we dedicate to it? Is he the focus of our homes? If we say it, uh, that's great. But it's more important that our spoken and our lived priorities align. And how can we get closer and closer to those things being one and having integrity in that? So uh, that's a, uh, something I want to encourage you guys with as well. That's good stuff, man. Well, you've spoken a lot um, kind of on this, but just in closing, what, what does it mean to you, Aubrey, to leave a legacy for your kids and for your future generations? For me, the legacy piece, it goes back to the being inspired from my dad, is that I don't know his family, Um I don't know who sowed the word of God into him, but I know Jesus and I know God as my father today because of my father and my mom. I don't want to take her out of it for sure, but uh, because of the legacy that was passed on to me. And guys, this is why it said, like you mentioned Deuteronomy 6, this is why, because we are the church. We are the Christ has, has called us as his ambassadors you know, he has given <laughs> us this ministry of reconciliation. He, he has called us out to carry this flame forward. And we are bearing the flame of the kingdom of God. Hmm. And it happens in your home. It starts in your home. It, it continues on in the church. It continues on throughout the world as the gospel is spread and the message, good news of Jesus is preached throughout hmm. the world. But it starts with you and me taking responsibility for the legacy of Jesus, that's really what we have. We have been given this legacy of Jesus, the great reconciler, the righteous judge, the one who will come, has come and is coming again. That's the legacy we have. That's the message we have. We, it is, we are, Christ is all and he is in all. And we are, the legacy we share with our kids is, is the culmination of, of all those who have passed it on before us and all those who will pass it on uh, behind us. And our job is to carry on 
and pass forward the work of the kingdom of God hmm. and the message of Jesus for generations to come. And the way that the best way we can do that as fathers and as men specifically is through our children. And that's, uh, that's really my passion and my, what, I, what gets me stirred up and wakes me up in the morning excited to, to face the day. That's awesome, man. I'm so, I'm so glad we connected because it's what you guys are doing with Family Field Guide and, and what we do at Men of Iron and equipping men yes. to, to be godly leaders. Mm-hmm. It just lines up so perfectly. So mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Man. And I see some future endeavors uh, moving yeah. forward with Family Field Guide yeah. and Aubrey. I'm so yeah. grateful to you guys, man. God definitely uh, brought this connection here, and I'm I'm thankful. It's exciting, yeah. man. We'd love to, you know, in closing here, just let people know, let our listeners and viewers know how they can find out more about Family Field Guide, more about you and uh, and your family and your wife, and more about Legacy of Scripture. So, if you guys, if you can give them some ways to get in contact with you, absolutely. So we we do weekly or uh, three to two three times a week we're posting on instagram that's kind of a, a major stream of our content where we're encouraging and inspiring parents and families so that's at family field guide on instagram we're also those kind of get posted on facebook if you're more of a facebook person that's face facebook.com slash the family field guide and then we have an email list that goes out each week, one time a week, um, as well as uh, an email that goes out for our scripture memory alphabet that we're doing. But um, you can uh, register for that and you can download the book for free, the A Legacy of Scripture Guide at familyfieldguide.us slash legacy. So that's the one. If you go there, you're going to get all the other stuff. So familyfieldguide.us slash legacy. You'll get a free copy of the the guide and then our, our our encouraging emails that come to your inbox awesome and i saw this on instagram today just to plug this for you for all your hendersonville people and nashville people you guys are having a hurricane michael benefit concert is that correct on yeah Monday, october 22nd yes yes and uh, we're we're so excited we've got a, a band that is uh, some friends of ours that are coming in and we just felt compelled by the Lord to do something. We've spent so much time enjoying the Florida Panhandle on vacation yeah. uh, throughout our lives that, man, we just wanted to give back. And it's, uh, it's something we're really excited about doing. So thank you awesome. for mentioning that. Yeah, certainly. Well, Aubrey, we appreciate you being on here, man. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal podcast. We thank you for your time and just um, not only sharing your faith journey, but sharing what you're, what you're up to with Family Field Guide. It's I know I took a lot out of it yeah. for sure. I'm ready. I'm I'm not working the rest of the day. I'm just going to go home to my family right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Guys, thank you so much. And I'm I'm equally as inspired by what you guys are doing and the hand-to-hand mentorship and and the the lasting effects of what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. You guys are making big waves in eternity and in in the kingdom of God for the what the work he's doing here. And I'm so excited to see what, what he does with, with your ministry. Thank Thanks. you, man. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, well, again, thank you to Aubrey as our special guest here on episode 14 of the Men of Iron podcast. Uh, just to give you a little heads up, the extra give, the extraordinary give here in Lancaster, and we'll be doing some parties out in Canton, Ohio, is one month away, j A month. One month man. away. So if you don't know anything about the extraordinary give, go to www.extragive.org or you can go to menofiron.org backslash extra give and see what 
everything uh, we have going on for that day, November 16th. It is our biggest fundraiser of the year. So big. our it director of development over here is he's kind of uh, he's starting to sweat a little bit here four weeks away. Oh, I'm not nervous. <laughs> We're going to kill our goal. It's going to be unbelievable. So our goal is to raise $100,000, J-Dub, and this is yeah. going to impact men across the country, around the world. It's going to help transform families and communities. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately, you know, our vision is to change a culture one man at a time, and I think this is a big piece of yeah. – of that um of that effort yeah and uh, and like you said it's not just about and even as aubrey was saying it's, it's not just hey it's a men's ministry well this is an impacting this is legacy this is kids yeah. even if you're not married and you're part of men of iron this is impacting your community your mm -hmm. church H help us transform the culture um one man at a time yeah so, so go to menofiron.org backslash backslash extra give to find out more information or you can just Give this guy a call over here, and he'll tell you all about it, how you can help. That's right. So go to menofiron.org backslash MOI podcast if you want to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. If you have the iPhone, you can just search Men of Iron Podcast, and you'll find us. Go in there and leave a five-star review because J-Dub's just that good looking. Five stars. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, One Life Institute. Go to onelifepath.org for more info. That's it. We're out of here. See you guys.